Welcome to CUCC's Sermons for Everyone. No matter who you are or where you find yourself on life's journey, we're glad you've tuned in, and we hope you find meaning in this week's sermon. So I was a junior in college, and uh, I was awarded one of our school's Jubilee Fellowships, which meant I got to spend a semester having weekly dinners with our college's chaplain emeritus and a local billionaire, followed by a summer internship at a church. I was flown out to Southern California, put up with a host family, and paid to work full-time at a vibrant and growing community. Up until that point, I'd led some programs and and a little worship services at school and and a little bit of stuff at my home church, but never never as the guy. I was just like helping out, trying to remain cool without any labels attached to it. That all changed that summer. As a week one, I found myself standing in front of a couple hundred people installed to do pastoral work among them. And I got to tell you, I loved it. I loved it. Don't get me wrong, there were still plenty of moments where I had no idea what I'm doing. There are still plenty of moments where I have no idea what I'm doing. But I absolutely loved it. I was able to to open up parts of me that I'd never let before. I found something. I soaked it up. I asked questions. I prayed with people. And I preached. I did this sermon thing for the very first time, and I felt alive. Now, I'm guessing that while many of you have not had that experience, many of you know the feeling of of finally getting to jump into something that you've always wanted to try, right? Just to find out that you're good at it, that you enjoyed it. Right? That, that you love doing it, to find that, that it was everything you might have hoped it would be. Maybe it was your first day of student teaching, or that first day on a marketing internship, the first shift in an emergency room. You'd been studying, getting experience, practicing your craft, and now you finally got a chance to do it, to try it, to live into this thing, In a brief moment, you transition from someone who liked the idea of nursing to someone who starts IVs. And it's exhilarating, right? It's one part frightening, one part overconfidence with a whole bunch of of genuine self-discovery. In today's passage, the disciples are, they're thrown into the deep end. They've been learning from Jesus and following him around the countryside for just a few short chapters, and now they're going out in the field, fully unsupervised. And so let's read it together from the Gospel according to Mark. Now Jesus left that place and came to his hometown. His disciples followed him. On the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue. Many who heard him were surprised. Where'd this man get all this? What's this wisdom he's been given? 
What about the powerful acts accomplished through him? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't he Mary's son and the brother of James, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? They were repulsed by him and fell into sin. Jesus said to them, Prophets are honored everywhere except for in their hometown and among their relatives and in their own households. He was unable to do any miracles there except that he placed his hands on a few sick people and healed them. He was appalled by their disbelief. Then Jesus traveled through the surrounding villages teaching. He called for the 12 disciples and sent them out in pairs. He gave them authority over unclean spirits. He instructed them to take nothing for their journey except a walking stick. No bread, no bags, and no money in their belt. He told them to wear sandals, but not to put on two shirts. He said, whatever house you enter, remain there until you leave that place. If a place doesn't welcome you or listen to you, as you leave, shake the dust off your feet as a witness against them. So they went out and proclaimed that people should change their hearts and lives. They cast out many demons, and they anointed many sick people with olive oil, and they healed them. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Our disciples, our student interns, they go all in. And oh, how I wish there were video cameras back then, right? Just a clip of their first day on a job, just a soundbite from their very first sermons. Not only is it hard to be a disciple or an intern in your hometown, it's even harder to be sent out on your own, right? Training wheels off. This band of of fishermen, tax collectors, And some were just the friends and brothers to other people who had already started following Jesus. They couldn't hide behind the crowd anymore. They were up to bat. And then like one of those wild survival shows on the History Channel, Jesus goes so far to limit them to three items for their journey. I had a walking stick, sandals, and the clothes on their back. That's it. They weren't allowed to bring food, money, for some reason, even a second shirt. They were in a vulnerable place, both physically and emotionally. And you kind of wonder why, right? Why so stingy on supplies, Jesus? Why so hell-bent on their discomfort? We certainly don't know why, but I like to think that Jesus wanted them Uh, wanted to keep them from walking into a community feeling like they had all the answers, right? Feeling like they had all the provisions, like they already had everything they needed to be independently successful. Instead, by arriving in simplicity, their ministry would need to be a, a mutual exchange, right? A shared experience, a, a, a gift, that went both ways. The disciples' ministry was never supposed to be about power or authority. It was about simplicity and presence. 
One of the other beautiful things about this short story is how little structure Jesus places over the disciples, right? He doesn't sit them down and review the three core values of the Jesus movement or offer them flashcards containing the tenets of this new belief system. The disciples aren't handed a, a scroll or a script or right, pre-addressed pledge cards for people to send back by the end of the year. He simply sends them out. It's like he, he trusts them, trusts the spirit that's in them. And the only advice he gives them is with them, when they find a good place, well, to stay a while. And if they're not welcomed or their gift is not well received, they're simply to shake the dust off their feet and move on. Right? And how, how good is that image? How good is that invitation? Jesus says, give your gift. Offer what you have to the world. And if it's not received with joy and, and health and love, then just shake it off. Kick your sandals clean because that dirt, it isn't yours to carry. Now, friends, we could do a whole thing on this as I imagine some of us are still carrying around some dust that we should have kicked off a long time ago. But I've got to keep this short because our SEMs all went over their word count on their letters. It's true. <laughs> so instead, I offer this little tangent to those who may need to hear this. So you've, you've got a gift to give the world. You have something to offer, a fire in your belly, a dream that keeps you up at night. And maybe you tried speaking this new truth. Maybe you tried giving your gift and the people in your world, your friends, family members, colleagues, whoever, well, maybe they weren't ready for what you had to offer, weren't in a space to receive it. That can hurt. That can sting a little, but don't carry that pain with you. Friends, it's, it's okay. It doesn't diminish you or your gift or that thing you're bringing to life in the world. The thing you're bringing to life, it's important. It's important. You don't need extra weight dragging you down. A poor response, if that stops you, you might miss out on the real thing that God's bringing to life. But we press on. And so armed with three basic items and an invitation to shake off rejection, the disciples, they go, they head out. They step into the vulnerability of it all and it works. Real ministry happened. Real people were blessed as, as healing and joy and hope. It just flowed from them. The whole thing worked. As a church, we've been blessed to have SEM, summer experience and ministry interns all summer. And I got to tell you, like I've never seen before, these three jumped in, like all the way in. I gave them keys on a Wednesday. I came here for a Wednesday night meeting and they had already let themselves in. And we're cleaning up bulletin boards, cleaning up classrooms, playgrounds. 
They've hosted community events. They've served communion. They've offered prayers, taught Sunday school. They assisted with a funeral and have even preached a Sunday morning sermon. Well, I'm not sure if any of them will find themselves in professional ministry down the road. I've watched each one of them jump in the deep end of church life. And I've watched each one of them find something. Like the disciples, vulnerably, they invested, showed up, and offered the gift that is their presence all summer long. And now we get to hear from them. We get to receive some of their reflections. They've been encouraged to share with us moments that brought them joy, moments that the church was at its best, as well as a challenge to the church. How it, how we can be better, can change, can grow, can press on. They've been encouraged to speak their truth, and if it doesn't go well, to just kick the dust off and keep on keeping on. But it's going to go well. It's going to be fine. And so with all of that, I encourage you to lend your ears to, to Bryn and Ella and Alex, our SEM interns. I guess I'm first today. Good morning, everyone. My name is Ella. And for the past three months, I've been part of the SEM program here at CUCC, or as we like to say, I'm co-co-president of the SEM committee. Some of you may know me from other various parts of the church, um, such as helping out in the nursery program, Sunday school, being in the church choir for a Sunday or two, and being a part of the youth group family, or even growing up here in the church. This summer, has been a wonderful new look at the church for me by helping in Sunday school, being a part of services and baptisms, being able to plan new events, and with the help of my fellow Sims, various activities for the church community, which, funny enough, I was unable to attend a single one. Some of my favorite things this summer has been seeing the community in this church coming together for birthdays and funerals, sticking together with all of the good times and the bad, laughing together, hurting together, and being together. One of my favorite things about this summer was the overwhelming sense of community that I have missed so much. The peace of mind and knowing that I could just walk into Rogers Hall and say hello to someone that I don't know all that well and that we would have a great conversation. My favorite thing about this church is that everyone here is so welcoming and is always willing to have a good conversation, even if they have no idea who you are. A moment happened this summer where I was able to see this welcoming community up close after I was given the opportunity one Sunday to share my prayers with the church. After speaking about my own personal prayers and the prayers that I wish to share with everyone, the overwhelming amount of support just made me feel so loved. I had people I've never met before coming up to me and having wonderful conversations and even more great conversations with people that I talk to every Sunday. I will always and forever admire how willing everyone is in this church to brighten someone's day with a compliment or a story. Now let's be honest. There's not a whole lot I would ask to be different around here. 
I love the compassion and the strength that we have for one another as a congregation. I love that we are all like family. I love the amazing conversations that we all have. But then I got to thinking about what could really make our community a better place for everyone. And the only thing that I could come up with is something that I want to do better with personally. I want to help. I want to be here offering what I can to those who may need it. If that is helping clean out an old classroom, or watching the kids while the adults have a meeting, or giving my time to help with events or other charity work, I want to do it all. And I challenge all of you to do the same. I think a big part of what could make this church even better would be if we did our part and gave back, do what we can to help others. That is what being a good neighbor is all about. I know how much we all care about this church, and I think one of the ways we can all help to continue to have the church grow and love for the next few decades is by giving back, keeping an open mind, and by always offering a helping hand to our friends. And as my last official time before you all as a sim, I would like to offer up a prayer. So if you would join me in bowing our heads, let us pray. Oh, loving God, please help us see all that we have and have done and to be thankful for what we are given. Let us continue to grow and to love by offering help to those in need and always trying our best to be a good neighbor. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to help this church grow in love and in faith. Amen. Good morning, my name is Bryn. And as someone who was born into the church 18 years ago, this community has helped shape and guide me in more ways than I ever thought imaginable. I feel so incredibly blessed as this church has allowed me to be numerous things, including a Sunday schooler, a puppeteer, a Happy Hearts choir member, a helping hand, nursery volunteer, VBS student and group leader, a compromand, a GF high schooler, a pastoral search committee youth representative, and a SEM intern, to name a few. Though these amazing experiences, not, or through these amazing experiences, not only have I met some of the most important people in my life today, but I have also learned some of the most valuable lessons, looked up to some of the most impactful individuals, and gained, gained enormous amounts of strength and guidance through my journey following God. I feel both blessed and proud to be part of a community that I feel is best when we're active. For centuries, we have been a congregation filled with people who are passionate, resilient, ambitious, generous, motivated, and thoughtful. And when all of these traits are present in a community such as ours, we have proven just how much we are capable of achieving. My own experience of seeing our church at its best includes watching our youth group leaders, Jeff Graham, Alex Diorio, and Nicole Amstadt, continue to step up each week and fight to keep our GF youth group strong. During a time when our church was struggling, they remained active by reaching out to our church's high schoolers and planning weekly activities. They were passionate about the group's traditions and keeping them alive, resilient when the pandemic seemed to be stacking all the odds against us, ambitious and motivated when organizing our 2022 work tour, and thoughtful about all of us high schoolers and the experiences and relationships that we hope to and did gain each Wednesday. These individuals are an example of what I think 
of, of what I see when I think of our church at its best. And I want to challenge all of us, myself included, to be more like them. And while, we have, and while we have proven numerous times that we as a community share these traits, it is important that we continue to demonstrate our capability. We must continue to put the work in and strive to make our church as strong as it can be. With our congregation in mind, we must remain as active as possible. Joining committees, leading groups, volunteering, giving our time, money, and talents, being there for those who need us, and thanking those around us who are committed to, make, to making our church better. I know, or at least I hope, that each and every one of you have had some of the same almost magical experiences as I have had in this church. And I want to challenge you to keep these moments alive. Because these incredible shaping experiences don't just happen on their own, they're worked for. With these thoughts in mind, I would also like to finish my letter with a prayer. Dear God, today I want to take a moment to thank you. For every single time that I have stepped foot into this building, for every conversation I have had with our church members, for every lesson that you have taught me. I know that you have continued to pull me to this place for the past 18 years to help me learn and grow in an environment that is safe, loving, generous, and demonstrates all of the qualities that you hope for all of your children. I ask that you please continue to guide this congregation, giving us your strength, knowledge, and wisdom to achieve all that you have planned for us. Help us, help us make our church as strong as possible so that we may glorify your name and all that you seek from us. I ask that you please provide each and every one of our members with the same overwhelming amounts of love that you have shown me through my time and experiences here. I ask all of this in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Morning. Five years ago, I went through a rough patch. Four years ago, I was relatively tight, lost. Three years ago, mostly confused. Two years ago, I was tired. And a year ago, I woke up. Today, I'm having what is undeniably the best time of my measly 18 years. Throughout my challenges, there was a single variable that stayed constant. The walls of this church have always welcomed me with open arms. The people inside always seemed happy to see me. The care they showed, unparalleled. When I was in the hospital five years ago, I had four visitors, each of my parents, my brother, and Pastor Dave. Out of his own compassion and care, he took the time to see to it that I knew the love of this church. And that care and compassion extends well beyond the pastors of this church. Work tour Sundays emphasized just how much care and hope there is for the youth in this building. The words that were offered to us after we spoke simply exemplified the principles of this church and the faith that is placed in humanity and future generations. Everything has its ups and downs, its highs and its lows, its happies and its crappies. And the church is not an institution that finds itself excluded from this. The best days in this community are when we express the care and love we have for one another. The work tour Sundays, the pride Sundays, the memorials. At its best, the church feels more like a community than our communities do. The walls in this church act like filters. They take the negatives in the world, they take the negatives in the world and allow us to be somewhat free from them for an hour every Sunday, or an hour every Wednesday, or any of the other various times we can interact and get involved. Involvement is another, yet another strong seat of this church. Whatever the need is, it seems that there's always someone there to do it. Fall Fest is reliant on volunteers, and each year is successful because of them. Food in Rogers Hall is prepared and distributed by volunteers. We have a dedicated care team here to express the love of the church, run by volunteers. Lazarus House has its own committee, also run by volunteers. 
Youth groups, Sunday school lessons, and nursery are all run by people who take the time out of their day to see to it that everyone is cared for and welcomed. Without the volunteers in this building, it would be just that, a building rather than a community. As a community, it is important to ensure that there is another generation ready to take the reins. Take a gander around the sanctuary. The generational divides at the moment are rather evident. The long-standing, long-lasting members are here to stay, but the youth members are somewhat remote. And what little room I have to speak on goals, I'd encourage anyone who can offer knowledge and advice on how to get youth involved to do so. Reach out to those immersed in the youth programs, Alex and Nicole, Jeff Graham, Julia, or any of the other volunteers that see to it that the youth are engaged and welcomed. Use the resources you have to encourage more involvement, whether it be asking a friend or a relative to join in on the high school program, or finding new ways to have communal outreach and recruitment. Sunday school is fun and rewarding to help out with. Work tours are life-changing. And movie nights are a blast. There is a desire within this church for more youth involvement. So go out and spread the word. Explain who we are and what we do, and express our acceptance of everyone who comes through these doors. I am hopeful for this church. I believe it can be life-changing and incredible for each and every person, though the journey is yours to make. If you don't already, find a way to help. If you already do, find someone who doesn't and invite them to help. Through struggles and triumph, the church has stood, and I am sure it will continue to do so for long into the future. But hope and prayers alone won't allow it to become a reality. So with that, let us pray. Dear God, you have opened these doors and seen, us over, seen over us in the past. Through the hard times and the good times, we remain faithful. You have seen to it that we are welcomed and accepted, that we can go home with new knowledge and with new outlooks on humanity. Let us continue to learn and express what you have to teach and encourage us to continue to help others and to help the church. Thank you. Amen. Friends, thank you for your dedication, your vulnerability, for inspiring us to get more involved. That seemed to be a theme from all three of them, and to speak our truth. The disciples had this chance to jump all in, and yet it still took them years to figure out what they were doing, where they were going, what God might have in store for them. And so blessings. Blessings on your journey on your schooling, blessings on everything that you put your hands to and know that you've got a community that is cheering you on and is excited to see what you guys are up to. Blessings. Amen.